we are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome Hi. to Thrive Talk with Dr. Tracy, Coach K, and Tiffany. <laughs> we are so thrilled that you decided to tune in with us. We have an exciting um, candidate here with us today. So before we get into that, what we are doing is we are highlighting everyday women, you know, women who are out here killing it, out here getting it, but not only the working woman, but also women who are staying home and having to deal with this chaos that we have right now. So um, I am Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley. I am the founder and the CEO of Boss Up Lead Hurts. We are a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. We are here to serve women. We are here to serve them in the fashion of entrepreneurship, leadership, and personal growth. And I'll let Coach K introduce herself. Well, I am Coach K. I am the COO and the Vice President of Boss Up Leapers. And I'm also a life coach practitioner and that, you know, help you achieve a life of peace and balance and help you move away from your past um, that hinders you from your growth. And Miss Tiffany, you're muted. Sorry, it's always <laughs> me. It's always me, right? Uh, I am Tiffany Myers, um, CFO of Bossed Up Lead Hers, entrepreneur, life strategist, network marketer, influence, and investor. Um, also, I have three other companies, and um, right now I am. I'm teaching on my own platform of Life Passion Academy, um, where I help others who want to travel the world while creating a purposeful living. Okay. And we have on the screen at the bottom is she is Dr. Frances Jackson. Sorry, Frances, I cannot pronounce your middle name. <laughs> she is running for North Carolina House District 45. Her education, professional experience, community service, and values make her the best candidate to represent the citizens of North Carolina, House District 45. Frances is dedicated Democrat, committed to serving the best interests for her community. Welcome, Frances. Hello. Thank you all for having me at Thrive Talk Show. I really appreciate you all inviting me. We are glad you said yes. <laughs> So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Uh, you know, as a candidate, you always are looking for platforms to get your name out there. Um, I, you know, as you said, I, I'm from the community. I graduated from North Carolina Anti-State University. And don't let me forget the E. Smith Golden Bulls right here in Cumberland <laughs> County. Uh, but I received my master's from Federal State in Political Science and I um, recently received my my doctorate about a year a year ago from Walden University, um, receiving my PhD in pu public policy and administration. So, as a you know, as a, 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 a employee of local and state government, it was you know was only natural that I'd be interested in policies because when I was a planner here, I was a planner here for over twenty years. Um, our drafted rules and regulations that we live by today. So um, my experience is very diverse. 
a former magistrate, um, zoning administrator, transportation director, transit planner, teacher, and you know that I am adjunct at Fayetteville Tech. So, you know, I have a very diverse background, which I think would make me a prime candidate to go to Raleigh and serve the people. I believe that people are first. Um, I was raised that way to put people first, to share, to empower. So that's the reason I'm running. I'm running for for the for the house, North Carolina House District 45. Okay. Wow. I thought I had a lot going on. <laughs> you have me beat just just a little bit. <laughs> Man, so what was the initial driver for you deciding to run for office? Well, after being a employee in local government, the years I've been here, you know, I had a natural desire to know more about government and how it works. And one of the driver, one of the things that drove me to run is that I just didn't like the direction that the state is going in, in terms of... Medicaid expansion. We are one of 12 states in the nation who have not accepted the federal dollars to provide medical ex, um, services or medical insurance to people in, our, in this state. We've been denying the funds and the, the, my opponent and their GOP have been denying the funds since 2014. There are so many people here who would benefit from Medicaid expansion we have veterans here who don't have medical coverage. And if they do have it, they oh. fall short of it. So that is one of the reasons I decided, you know me, you know that my brother has, you know, he's had to go to the doctor. And I just thank God he has insurance. Yes. I, until recently, was on Obamacare. I didn't have it. So if it wasn't for, for federal government providing Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, I wouldn't have it, have insurance. Then we have people who live in Graves Creek who've been living with um unsafe drinking water for a number of years and now all of a sudden it's an issue because it's an election year. There are several things. It's not even getting to the thing about teachers not receiving pay raises and those people who work with them, the support staff. So those are a few of the reasons why I decided to run for office. Wow. Wow. That is, I, I can tell that you really have a heart and a passion for people. I do. Mm. I always have, you know, so, and, and I could go on and on, you know, with the George Floyd situation this summer as a magistrate mm. observed inequities in the way that they give bonds to people for the same crime as a magistrate. I saw that. And I know that there should be some type of criminal justice reform to take place. So that is why, you know, I've heard people say that that everything that you experience is for a reason. And this is the platform and I'm telling people about those things I've experienced. That's one of the things I say normally, I spared you all, but I'm gonna say it now. I'm running for my life because I'm everything on the ballot I've experienced or will experience. Racial justice is on the ballot. Women reproductive rights are on the ballot. Mm -hmm. not, but it's not a politician's business where a woman discusses with her doctor. We just need to make sure that she have safe, affordable medical coverage whenever she and that doctor make that decision. So those are the reasons I'm running for office. And my opponent believes that politicians should say what a woman should and shouldn't do with her body. That is not where I stand. So um, mm -hmm. I'm passionate about the issues. So as you can see, and I think that um, people need to be aware. And I'm thankful that you are providing this platform. 
Wow. You know, it's interesting because you mentioned about the water. So what has really been going on with that? Well, one of the things back in 2017, maybe longer, Camores used to be called DuPont down off of 87. They have been dumping their waste in the Cape Fear River. And if, if people don't know, that's where we get our drinking water from, the Cape Fear River. Wow. As recent as June, people down in the community of Grace Creek have been documenting and taking pictures of Camores. It's now called Camores because they've been sued so much in other states. They changed the name from DuPont to Camores. And they are still dumping their waste in the Cape Fear River. Now, the, the state of North Carolina has a, a agency called um, Environmental um, Water Quality. They're supposed to monitor the, what goes on in our rivers. And one of the things that my opponent and the Republican Party did back in 2017 was they laid off a lot of the people who do the monitoring. Wow. They allowed this to happen. And now they've had several meetings with the people down in, in, in Grace Creek telling them, you know, we're going to do something. So now they're finally putting policies in place. But shoot, it's contaminated now. I have, when I when I I've had met people who say that when they wash their faces, their face itch and their bodies itch from taking showers. Because one of the things the company is required to do is provide jug, they, jugs of drinking water to the people to make sure that they have safe drinking water. But that doesn't say a thing about uh-huh. what they with. It's only what they what they you know what they drink and cook with. But when I went to meet some of the people, I actually did a, a protest with them back in February. But there are people down there who have 6,500 square foot homes, brick, circle drives. One lady invited me in her home. And when I went inside, her formal dining room had these big old round jugs of water that they stored the water for them to drink. That's what's going on in Grace Creek. Wow. And it's unfair because some of these people, they moved, they relocated from up north in different places. And mm-hmm. nobody knows about the issues with the water down there. So they've invested their life savings. They're retiring in Grays Creek. They bought these nice homes. And they have a problem with the water. No one told them that. No one divulged that information to them. Wow. That is, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real. It's down in Grace Creek, that that entire community now. I know that I have family down there whenever last December, they were not impacted by the water, but they are now. I mean, you, of course, you know, pollution doesn't stay in one place. Uh, they were monitoring the water and it finally reached her house back in December from 2017 now of December of last wow. year. She received a letter that her water was now contaminated. So they are monitoring. So they're telling people almost every day. And the people in Wilmington were most affected because they're down here when it comes to the Cape Fear River. There are people mm-hmm. who members passed away from cancer, baby miscarriages. So now they're realizing where it came from. Oh, wow. Ooh. Man, I'm really glad I had you on here now. <laughs> so... It's unfortunate, but the chemical that makes is something that we all use every day. That Teflon that you have in your pot, the nonstick, is called PFAS. 
And that is something we consume on a regular basis. They say that they use the parts of that in our cell phones. I did my research and found out they use it in our cell phones. Mm. So it's very popular. It's very not. It's known, but to put it in the drinking water, people have been raising sand about it. But yeah, that's the issue. That's the issue. And what they is something that you know that we use and. About a week or two ago, the Environmental Protection Agency head chief from Washington came down and met in our county right here, only invited the Republicans, my opponent, Hudson from Washington, D.C. He's the congressman in, in District 8. They came down and made a political camera shot, but the but the um, manager, the general manager of, of DuPont, uh, uh, Camores, had an article in the paper Sunday saying, what a missed opportunity. They came down here and didn't even go see the plant, didn't go see him. So that's what makes it more all the, all the more evident that it was just a political stage, you know, to say, yeah. okay, we're doing something. If you really want to do something, go tell the people what you need for them to do to make the water better and to make things better for the citizens in the community. But he came down here, they had it all on the news, but not one opportunity they could take to go over to Camorras to see the people over there. Wow, oh, that's interesting. Very much so. That's crazy. So I have a question for you because you are addressing a lot of things and I hear, I, I know water, the water situation is gonna be one of your uh, key areas. But what are your main or your key focus areas that you'll be um, using? Well, as I said before, Medicaid expansion is something that is close to dear to my heart. Um, I have, you know, when my mom was 27 years old, my dad passed away of cancer. And when my brother Paul kidneys failed, my mom was left with medical bills that almost cost us our home. There are people out here with those stories, and unfortunately, they are everyday occurrences. So certainly, um, the, the governor, Governor Cooper, cannot make change things without the help of people like myself. My um, race is one of, uh, one of six targeted races. I understand that if, my, if I'm able to win my seat, everyone else will. So they are making sure that I receive the money to make them change things. only thing we need is people to go out and vote and not uh, believe a lot of the negative stuff that my opponent is putting out there. But that is the Medicaid expansion. The teacher raises, I'm a teacher now, so <laughs> I was certainly planning to, the teachers, the bus drivers, the custodians, mm -hmm. the cafeteria workers, the guidance counselors, the social workers, all these people deserve more. But one of the things need to happen is these teachers and all these employees in the school system, they need to get out and vote. I was very shocked to see that many of them are not voting. And the only thing they're doing is sending back the person back to Raleigh who turns their vote, who turns their salary raises down every year. That blows my mind. They do not understand that the representative they've been sending up there for seven years, he's been there seven years, he's voting teacher raises every time and they don't come out and vote, so they don't. So he goes back every year. I, I have one quick question, though. You know, and and I was I was also guilty of this um, a while ago when I was younger. Now mm -hmm. I'll just go vote for the president. How important is it for? Yeah, I, I'm, I said I was guilty. I don't know how you said it. 
How important is it for people to go out and vote locally? It's more important because the seat I'm running for, the North, and that's why I say I, I tell people take my class to LTCC, but <laughs> it's more important because this seat, a legislator, that is the person who hits you close to home. They decide how what your taxes will be. They decide whether if president, let me tell you something, President Obama, when he was president, he wanted to send money to all the states. You know that some of the governors de denied that money. We had a governor like that. When people, when people, your unemployment, if you get unemployment, let's say somebody that lost their job, they want to get unemployment. McCrory denied the federal part of the unemployment insurance that people were entitled to. Instead of getting $550, we only got $300 some dollars a week because he didn't want to accept the money. This legislative seat is the seat that decides things in your life that hits close to home. So since you brought it up, I'm going to say this. I have a lot of people who donated to my campaign who live in other states. And people have a sellout. No, I, the people who are in other states know more. They know the importance of this race. They know them. That's the importance of this race, of this state being turned around and becoming blue from a red state to a blue state. Because the legislative representatives you have, we have four in Cumberland County. Right now you have my opponent. I'm not going to call his name. Then you have um, Emma Floyd. Then you have Marvin Lucas and you have Billy Richardson. These people represent you. If you don't vote, these are the people who say, Give her two hundred dollars unemployment instead of five hundred. They wow. make that decision. They make the decision whether teachers get raised. As far as I'm concerned, only thing these teachers in this county is doing is going to Raleigh and having a day off when they march in May because they, they're not voting. You sending back the same person who turns your raise down every year. My opponent, he's Republican, the Republicans turn down raises for teachers every year because they don't respect them. They don't respect us. I'm a teacher now. Who better to go to Raleigh and fight for you than another teacher? Someone wow. who somebody else has been out there in the in, in the in the middle of everything with you. But I can't do it if you don't get out there and vote. But yeah. some are registered. Some people are some teachers are registered, but they don't vote, and some of them not even registered. They got to get out and vote because Ooh. it's critical. But yeah, this race, the legislative race, is more important than the presidential race. And you will not believe after President Trump was elected, how many how many organizations were formed to help legislative seats like mine. Wow. Yeah, over $200,000 from people out, people in this community and outside the state because they know how important this seat is. That's how much damage my opponent has done over the years. And this First opportunity we've had to flip this seat in the seven years he's been up there. A Democrat used to hold this seat back in the day, but this guy went in and he went in um, and no one has run against him. A guy ran against him about two years ago in 2018, but he didn't really seriously run for the seat, but he almost won it. Wow. Wow. So I'm, I'm guilty also of, of voting <laughs> Okay, so that was. <laughs> there are so many people who are like, and you not, you know, it's a lot of people like that. That's because they yeah. don't understand. 
but it's important. The president, yeah, that's fine, but he can't do nothing for you in your state. It's yeah. the president you in your state. And you mentioned the um the Medicaid expansion, and when you said the teacher raises, I didn't take into consideration like the bus drivers or the cafeteria mm -hmm. staff. So um can you explain the ways that your approach to tackle these key issues would be beneficial for the state? Well, what is going to happen? You know, the, every year there's an issue we're trying to get people to drive school buses. We want to entrust our children get home, get leave home, and get to school safely every day. I think it's only fair that we look at making sure these people are compensated too. All of these people make learning take place. And by giving all of these employees in the state government a raise, not just the teachers, because the teachers don't do it alone, but they do a lot of it. I know because I can witness it. It's not, <laughs> not so much the children. It's you talk about you dealing with the with the parents and the administrative staff because what they require of you. I am amazed the paperwork and all the phone calls we're having to make to parents to let them know that their children are on or not online like they should be. And and, and one of the greatest concerns is that, Coach, is that children are getting left behind because they do not have broadband internet in their community, in their homes. So it's important that those cafeteria workers, I mean, it's only fair they're providing our meals to our children, even with, with, even with being home virtually, the school where I work, yeah. the kids pick up their lunches, but they probably can't because they can't get there. I mean, the, you know, to me, the lunches are available, but they can't get there. So the, the custodian makes sure the classroom is warm. He makes sure that the bathrooms are clean. Who wants to use a dirty bathroom when they're in school eight hours a day? Yeah. So these people are all important to making sure learning takes place. And I am, you know, I, I'm a, I've always been an advocate for the little man. And that's what I call myself in right now because I'm one of them. Once yeah. you're there, you know and you understand. And if these people don't have anyone looking out for them, who would, who will, who would speak up for them and say the custodian, the bus driver deserve it too? You know, I work for transit. I work for Federal Area System of Transit for almost 10 years, about nine years. And some of the bus who drove for us drove for the school system too because you need both those checks to make one so you know that's one of the things on the ballot too is equal pay for women you know raising the minimum wage all that's on the ballot this right here election is a now never situation for us it's the you know i i heard the governor say it and i heard um the um biden say it the other during the democratic um convention this is a do or die situation for us. This is the last opportunity we have to go and make these changes that need to take place. You know, one of the things in my race, whoever goes to Raleigh will, will change how the voting maps are done. And mm -hmm. people know the census is going to impact. It's important that you complete the census. The census decides how many representatives you have in your community. The census will decide how much money your community will receive. That's wow. people don't realize, but that, all those all those things are important. How much money will we get for our school system? How much money will we get for our court system? How many it, judges? How many more judges do we need in this community? All of that census um, takes into account all that information. And one of the things that 
our president has done. He's shortened the, the days that you can get the census in. Of course, he's going to do that because he don't want us to respond and get the people we need. Voter suppression is out there. And that's why, you know, people are saying they're going to mail in their ballot. Be careful about that. The, he's slowing the mail down. You'll mm -hmm. not yeah. get delivered. So if I were you, I would hand deliver it to the Board of Elections. I either put a state, but I wouldn't put it in the mailbox. This right here election is so important. It's all kind of strategies that they're putting in place. For me, example, I am uh, I'm an advocate for women's health. Uh, my opponent put out a flyer and forged my signature on it. I don't know where he lifted my, if he forged my signature, he lifted, he lifted my signature from a legal document and put my signature on this mailer. But he said that I was out there killing black babies because an organization endorsed me called Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is an organization who provides medical attention to people who may not be able to go, go to the doctor. They yeah. provide free breast um, screen free breast cancer screenings for men and women because believe it or not, men get breast cancer too. People don't realize yeah. that. I re remember reading that Beyonce's dad had breast cancer, so mm -hmm. Parenthood endorsed me. So he put a mailer out saying that I was kill killing black babies as as racist as you can get. He's saying that only black women get go and have abortions, and that's not true. We know that's not true. Wow. And have one between them and their doctor that they have to have it. That's not going to the doctor's office with them. And that's what my opponent, and that's what the Republicans do. They don't want you to have an abortion. They don't want to be, they don't want to pay for it. But what do they want you to do? The doctor says every pregnancy is different. Dr. Hines, Lashley, I'm sure your pregnancy was different from coaches. Whatever yeah. you went on with your doctor and your pregnancy, that's y'all's business between you and your doctor. Mm -hmm. It's not your doctor and the politician. So yeah. that is, these are the things that concern me about my, my my opponent. He put out some negative information about me and he sent it to African-Americans. He sent it to African-Americans and young white women. So he sent it to turn them against me to vote for wow. them. So I pray that this gets out for people to know and lifted my signature and put my signature on as though I endorsed it and wrote it. Some people who don't know or understand politics will believe, will believe that I did write and sign that, yeah. but I Wow. So this this why I'm saying that's how important this election is. They're willing to get, to get down and dirty, but like First Lady Obama said, when they go low, we go high. But we can only go high when they go to the polls. Yes. Francis wow. Jackson. <laughs> you know, wow, that, that is a lot. It, <laughs> man, yeah, some people go dirty and they go to the lowest point. Um, and when you were talking about custodians, and so I remember, man, back when I was in sixth grade, it, it, that's a long time ago, y'all. <laughs> I'm like, I'm knocking on 50's door. I'm like, whoa. But he was the sweetest man. He looked out for us. Even if you're like one of the last people to leave the camp, he would just stand there and watch you until he can't see you anymore. I mean, I forgot his name, but he he was so nice to everyone. 
and you go to the cafeteria, ladies. You know what? Every now and then they give you a little extra scoop of something that you want. <laughs> then the grandmothers. Then those yeah, grandmothers. Yeah, the yeah, absolutely. It's all about, you know, I just love it. And, and and then you think about those things. Those were the people who took care of you while you were out of your parents' sight. But you didn't know that you were cared for. My, brother, my oldest brother was so skinny in school. In high school, he played basketball. And the cafe and the coach would tell them, give him extra. And they would <laughs> give him more. Now, he was a stick. You should see him now. He was great. But he was a stick. He was so thin back then. They said, feed him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was a sinner. So he needed, he needed the yeah. way. So, you know, they did that. And you know, it's just things are so different now. And they're so they are so impersonable. That's because mm-hmm. they're we still shouldn't care about people. And the and yeah. the fourth. My campaign is people first. That's what my campaign, the foundation of my campaign is people first. And that's the way it should be. Not the party, not the Democratic Party like my opponent is, is the Republican Party. It's the people. The, the, the seat belongs to the people, not to any group. It belongs to the people. Yeah. And that's what I say. The people who contributed to my campaign were people. They weren't corporations who like contributed to his. They were not CEOs of corporations mm-hmm. contributed to his. These are real basic people who didn't know me that thinks that hey, she's a she's our opportunity to turn to flip the seat. They're more concerned about it because they know that if North Carolina changes, Washington will change. That's what they know. Yeah. So in in speaking of all of this leadership. What makes your leadership different? What is your style, leadership style? Well, I, I think when I said people first, I, I was mm-hmm. looking for it. I'm like, man, where? what kind of, because I'm not a micromanager, but by being in local government, I've experienced, and I, I can go only on my experience, I've experienced people in Raleigh mandating policies as telling us in local government, hey, do this. And they have no idea how things work. So I would say that I'm a um, I'm a type of leader. I'm a I'm I think of, I'm a affiliative leader where I look at the people and I put them first and I find out what their needs are because if your workers or your employees are happy, they're gonna work hard for you. We moved away from that. It's become the bottom line and financial over the years, but I'm still of the old school that if I care about my people, as I was a supervisor, I would. If my people want to take vacation, I wouldn't take mine. I would let them take theirs because yeah. the ones supporting me. They make they're making me shine. And I think that's how it is now. And it's called an affiliative leadership style. I care about the people. I'm making sure their needs are met. I'm asking their opinions of what they think and give them an opportunity to say before I make the final decision. So that's what that's a leadership style I have. And I think in in a, a public government setting. For me, I think that that's the way I would lead things. I would not make the decision and not consider the people because the people are the ones who are going to be doing the work. I would ask for their input because, like I said, leaders not always know the the books and all the ins and outs of how things work because they're not on the front line. And we've seen that with the heroes we've had with this COVID. They're on the front and they are appreciate them. So, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Wow. Man, I love that because that you're right. That is something that a lot of us have, you know, strayed away from. 
you know, even with my full-time job, I have many jobs. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, I've heard, yes. So, you know, I believe in, in teams and I love like getting together and let's brainstorm. Let's put some snacks in the room and some drinks <laughs> and let's, let's, let's talk it out. Let's get the whiteboard and start mapping That's stuff right. out. That's but right. you have a lot that are looking like, oh, well, no, you know, a leader is just someone that should be telling everybody what to do. No, mm -hmm. no, that's a dictator. But um, yes, that's there's right. There's a time and a place to manage. But when it comes yeah. to true leadership, mm -hmm. we need people who care about people. Yeah, yeah. You're right. We moved away from that. And one mm -hmm. of my concerns about COVID is that we've gotten that much further away because we can't touch, we can't shake hands, we can't hug and greet like we once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we can't get close to one another and talk about what we need to talk about. So it is one of my concerns that one day we'll get back to that, but they say we never will, but that will we have we have become such an individual individualistic society and we moved away from teams that mm -hmm never think that we are just the only one that matters because yeah. we are not. we are not well i keep my team on um microsoft teams all the time <laughs> we hear all that bright and early every morning i mean it's just nothing like that collaboration that's right we yep. right we need it yep mm -hmm. yep we sure do. Mm -hmm. yep yep so how how does your approach or how will your approach benefit people? I think by giving the people a voice, giving, you know, people, it's easy to get people to buy in when you've given them a chance to buy in by telling them your opinion, their opinion. It's nothing more exciting to see someone happy about change. How change takes place. But when you make a change and don't give people opportunity to have input, that's when they push back. So I do believe by going to the polls and voting, that's them giving mm -hmm. their opinion. Hopefully it'll work out for me. If not, I will still be, be active in the community and do what I can for people in the community because I have a sincere yeah. concern. I think the people in this state, there, like I said, there are several of us running with the same ideals and was, I'm one of six targeted seats. When I say targeted, I mean, Governor. when Governor Cooper comes on and wants to raise money for you, you are targeted seat. I never would have other, no other way would have gotten an opportunity to meet Governor Cooper, be on the side that you all are on right now, asking his friends to help me with my campaign financially. Wow. That's, in, that's how important this seat is to North Carolina, is that... The governor's up there in Raleigh, but he can't do a thing if he don't have the right people surrounding him. The same thing, you know, President Obama, you know, say he didn't do anything while he was up there his second term. He didn't have anybody up there helping him. He didn't have he didn't have yeah. Pat Timmons Goodson, who's running for um, seat congressional seat eight. He didn't have her up there voting with him. He have her up there now, Hudson, who's voting against everything that. He was trying to put through. Now you have the president who's along with him now. So that's her, that's hurting us all the more. So mm -hmm. what happened to her was not just that she's running now, but you remember when President Obama, you know, he nominated her to be one of our judges 
and it was blocked by people who are up there now from North Carolina. Tick Tom Tillis and Richard Burr and Hudson, all these Republicans, they blocked her from being a fe the first black female judge that he wanted to make. That's what happens when we don't vote. And that's what happens when we only vote yeah. for the president. I'm glad you said that because I'm like, wow, as I'm hearing your, your conversation, I'm like, she is actually tying it all in. You're really demonstrating the reason that it's very important to vote local. <laughs> yeah, local vote. Absolutely. I mean, you know, this seat that I'm running for would decide so many things that affect us. Will they change the age for, for driving and getting licensed? Oh. Change the age for going into the military. I mean, you know, there's so many things that people don't even think about. They change the age to be able to go and drink. When we change the you know, requirement that we want to expand roads and our NCDOT to get out there and make sure that Cumberland County get the roads that they need to widen to get this easier. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who decide who gets the money, your representation in Raleigh. Not just this seat, but you have Senate seats also that represent us. You got to make sure that you send the right senator also from our, you know, back in the day, and now, you know, Back in the day, Cumberland County was the place to be. <laughs> you were represented in Raleigh. We had a we had a person from here who was the lieutenant governor. Tony Rand was the lieutenant governor. We had the Leno Tippett was over our transport. He was secretary of transportation. So that's why mm -hmm. we received the money to widen and extend to two ninety five, and Charlotte didn't get the money for four ninety five. That's why I'm telling you. It's important for you all to have strong representation to go to Raleigh. We need that. If we're going to get anything in four or five years, maybe 10 years, we need to make sure we have the right people up there representing us. And, and you know what? We used to be the, the, the place that, pe the state that people looked upon as, man, what is North Carolina doing? Anybody looking at North Carolina now? We were, our salaries for teachers is 47 in the nation, in the 47. Wow. That's yeah, I was out I, and, and you, you you're born North Carolina. This is your home state, you know, and I when as you as you speak, I hear the pain in your voice um, when it comes to North Carolina, um, you know, and the issues amongst the community. Um, and you did speak on, you know, simple as the, 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 the janitor or the restrooms being cleaned in the schools. Um, lunches and meals uh, for the for the kids, you know, and you did focus on Planned Parenthood. Um, now, my children, you know, went to Planned Parenthood and they talked and they are peer educators now. So you focus on the positive. But when I turn on the radio, all I hear is, you know, abortions, Planned Parenthood, killing babies. And you try to focus on the positive versus the negative. And that's one good aspect. Um, of you, and when I when you speak, you always keep the the, the positive. Um, so, when you look at the history of North Carolina, what are some pain points that you notice? I have to go back and say, one of the pains that I have is that you know, it concerns me that we have children who are graduating from school and cannot read and write. That is crazy to me. And you all, you all, like you said, doctor, you are younger. You were like hitting on 50. 
These children <laughs> are the children supposed to be taking care of you, are taking care of us. Yeah. If they cannot read and write right now, because our representatives got rid of, they got rid of um, Smart Start. Um, they cut back on Smart Start. They cut back on more. Or they cut back on all this. They cut back on t writing teachers. Man, yeah. Yeah, these students right now, when I was in school, you had to write across the straight line. You had to write right across the line. It had to be straight. When I went to school and I was working one of the communities in the state that sued North Carolina, it's called the Leandro lawsuit. It's the Leandro versus North Carolina. Four rural counties, Hoke, Robinson, Bladen, and I forget the other one. Maybe it's, I forget, but it's four rural counties, maybe Scotland. They sued the state because they knew that their children were not getting basic education. They were not getting a basic education. And that lawsuit has wow. not been settled yet. That's one of the things we'll go to Raleigh and make sure it's settled, that teachers in those communities to make sure they get the... Those children over there, and I know because I used to work there, they don't have broadband Wi-Fi like we do over here in Cumberland County. And even over yeah. here in Cumberland County, we are challenged. Down in Grays Creek, not everybody have it. If they do, it's like spotty. So I would say when I look around and see the pain I see in North Carolina is that our children are getting left behind. You know, when we had Governor Hunt in office, he created a, a thing called No Child Left Behind. But they're being more, they're being left behind more so today than they were back then. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yes, that's one of the pains I see. You have that, I think they've taken away tenure for some people, or they tried to. And that's one of the things that we need to be concerned about. Everything that they were not successful at, they will be unless we get the right people in Raleigh to represent yeah. them. I'm telling you, they they are they are yeah. civil rights. We gotta be watchful. We gotta be watchful. There was a comment um, actually prior to saying that every, you know, county, city, and state need this. And you are hitting on things that you are about to help all of us, you know, not just North Carolina. So people watching this are going to be like, man, I need to go vote. <laughs> not just the president, but, you know, local too. And that's one of the things that concern us. <laughs> people don't go down the ballot. They need to go down the ballot because down the ballot is hits closer to hits you closer to home than mm -hmm. the election. Yeah, and, you know, my, and then the the comment here of no more cursive. Man, how you gonna sign your name? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> digital signature on the computer. me say, Miss Jackson, can I go to the office? I said, sure, write a note and I sign it. They tore off a piece of paper. <laughs> They tore it off on a little sheet of, of a corner of a paper, like this. First of all, a sheet of paper like this, uh -huh. and it was up in the air. And I'm like, I ain't signing my name to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's representing me. I'm not signing my name to that. But I'm telling you, it's so the demand on so many people, yeah, because so many people are not cared for. And I think people need to be more cared for than they have been. Yeah. And they have not been. There are people who don't know how to speak up. They don't know how to speak up and say, hey, I need more. They just go and go about their way and do what they can do. So, you know, that's one of the things that happened with this summer in May. 
these people were out rioting. Not everybody was from Fayetteville that it happened here, but these people have been sitting back and suffering. Uh, there's a, a, I think there's a quote by Mark, Dr. Martin Luther King that says, rioting is the voice of those who have been hurting. They've been for a long time. And we need to give them a chance. They don't know how to get it out. They don't know they should have gone to the city of Fayetteville's public hearing and spoken. You know, yes. the county's public hearing and spoken. They should have gone to the school board and told them. These people don't know that. They don't know. They don't think that they're important enough. I even, I'm I'm chair of another board here. I'm a yeah. chair of County County ABC board. And employees are concerned about things, but they say they'll be looked frowned upon if they go to the board meeting. It's a public room. It's open to everybody. You yeah. should be able to go and speak. And people don't know. Yes, that. I agree. And that's one of the things I did at the city of Fayetteville. You know, whenever you receive federal dollars, you're required to have public hearings. You are required to give people an opportunity to say. If not, they'll snatch your federal dollars from you. Wow. And people don't know that they have, they, that's their right. Man. You know, I am just, wow. <laughs> You hitting on so much. I'm about to watch the recording. <laughs> okay. And if my daughter and my sons did not watch this, I am going to tell them you need to watch it. I will go to their house <laughs> and play it for them. And make sure they vote. <laughs> make sure they vote. Okay. So many of them. I think I'm going to put them to the vote myself. <laughs> and if you all know some people who are mind volunteering, holding up my signs during early voting, let me know because need volunteers. One of the things I found during the primary, I you know I led the I led the city, I led the Cumberland County with the most votes of all the races. That's because I had people who work in the polls for me. A lot of people don't know who to vote for. And I was out there and one of the at Pierce's meal at Galberry Farms Elementary School. That's one of my sites where people have vote for me. People came out and vote the last minute. They took my card and said I didn't know who to vote for. There are wow. a lot of people they don't have time to do the research, so they'll trust platforms like yours to say who to vote for or giving them, them a chance to hear what we have to say for them to decide, at least decide who they're going to vote for. So there are people who don't know, so we need people to work the polls for us and hand out my material and say vote for her and let them say, hey, she's for this, she's for that. So it's so important. Like I said, this race is a, a now and never. Now, never. Yes. And see, we have another comment up here about, you know, people, you know, it says this is the same issue at home. We elect officials who do nothing for the district they uh, represent once seated. They just that's unfortunate, but power. that's true. Mm -hmm. And that's what's the difference. The difference is that they are looking for power and prestige. Yes. People who have compassion or are passionate about the people. That's what we need. We need people who are passionate about the needs of the people. And someone can pick up the phone and say, Francis, I have an issue. Can you help me out? Yeah. That's that's what it's all about. That's what it's about. It's about the people. It's not about going to Elm in Raleigh. That, that's, it's not about that. It's not about Dr. Francis. It's about, hey, Francis, Francis, uh, Bonnell, Bonnell, hey, I need your help. I needed you to do this. And I do that now. I do that now. So... You know, it's unfortunate. And you know what I found out? I found out African-Americans questioned me more and more challenging about my me running 
than than the other people. And, and you know, that is so interesting because that's with a lot of things that we do, especially as black mm -hmm. women. We are the first to down each other. <laughs> and, and that was one of the main reasons we started a nonprofit for, you know, it's like, no, we need to show that women can stick together. Yep. We just not, we are not out here, you know, cutthroat. We're not out here, you know, trying to stab each other in the back. It's not all about that. Like when we get together, man, we are more powerful. Right. That's right. And when we come together, we all, we, when one win, we all win. Yes. I was on, the, I was on a, a virtual yesterday with one of the um, representatives in Raleigh and he doesn't look like me. He's white. And he's so excited about Kamala Harris. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, they <Wow>. know. <laughs> they know that, hey, she's powerful. She's, it's not about the color. We, your mm -hmm. generation is showing us it's not about color. It's about doing what's right for the, looking at the yeah. big picture and doing what's right for everybody and not for a select few. Yes. Going on, only a select few have been taken care of. That's why people mm -hmm. are riding and tearing up stuff because they haven't been taken. And not saying that that's right. That is not right. I don't agree. Yeah. With yeah. But everybody don't know how to respond to things. That's another reason. This generation, you got to show them how to respond. It's power in the pen. Write your congressman. Get on the, send an email. That's a tracking mechanism where you can mm -hmm. say, oh, I did send an email to you about this and you never responded to me. They do have the camera on their phone, you know, to say. <laughs> so there are so many ways to get the information now and they just really need to be taught. So many young people have not been taught because they were born, they were raised by people who were not taught. So that's why we have to get out there and do our part. It does take a village. It's more than that now. It takes a village to raise a child and we got to come together. No, that's not my child, but I care about that person's child. That's why I'm calling these parents saying, look, you know, your son missed my class for six days. Mm. Ooh. You know, so that's important. It's important. Yes. Because I remember yeah. back when I was growing up, you know what? Before I even got to the house, if I did something wrong, my mom already knew. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, you probably had a couple of whoopings before you got to the house. <laughs> and not and look, and then, you got house, and, then, and then when you got to the house, she was gonna beat you something. Yes. <laughs> You <laughs> like I already got my woman. <laughs> like so, you getting extra? Yeah, we have time for one more question. This this has really been a great conversation. What would you tell all of the you know the young women out there, the young girls about politics and you know and being in the forefront and being a leader? I would tell them that it takes someone who's willing, not someone who has a lot of money, not necessarily the one who makes all straight A's. Just keep your nose clean, keep your name clean, and go and do it. Step out and try it. Nothing beats a failure but a try. Other people who have been millionaires, but they failed, how many hit it? Exactly. Mm -hmm. you know, I would tell them, that's what I would tell them. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, so you have any final words for everyone? I would like to say <laughs> I would like to thank you all again for having me on. And I want to say this is Francis Jackson. I am running for North Carolina House District 45. I appreciate your support. You'll be, rep you'll be represented by someone who cares for the people, put people first, someone who is compassionate about what she does. And I have a diverse background where I'll be able to work in any area. And I will have an open platform an open dialogue with you at any time after be, being elected. So that's what I say. Please vote early. We're pushing people to vote early. Don't wait till the day of election. Or the day of election, you might be in a long line. You may decide not to vote. That's what they want us to do. They want How us would they know where they go to vote? Well, what they can do is go on the North Carolina, um, North Carolina Board of Elections website, put in your name, your first and last name, and it'll tell you where you're supposed to vote at. Now, early voting, you can vote anywhere. So vote, vote, okay. anywhere. you can vote any place. You can register and vote at the same time during early voting. But the day of the election, you're only able to vote in your precinct. So that's why we say there's anything wrong with your registration, vote early, you can get it straight and still vote. So, so I'm telling you. information online. They can get it online or early voting. Just go go to the early poll, the early voting sites, and they will tell you everything, and you can vote. There's no problem with your registration, but the day of the election, you better make sure it's right. One of the things I found out is that if you register to vote at the DMV, you need to vote early because more than likely your stuff may not have been turned in. Really? Yes, I have. I have a friend who works to polls in Hope Mills in my district. And he said they had to turn around a lot of people who said that they were registered and they registered at DMV. Those people are busy. They don't have time to turn all that stuff in. Wow. So sure that you register, that you go vote early and all that can be corrected and your vote will count. Wow. And how will the people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about exactly? <laughs> my website is www.francisjackson2020.com or they can call me. <laughs> hey, that's the, I still have a house phone. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Yes. Well, yes. You're really old school. Yes, <laughs> Look, I ain't trusting that, that, that phone is going to go out. That battery might die and I can't call now. <laughs> But yes, please do. My campaign manager is we are looking for people to help us volunteer to volunteer and work the polls on my behalf and put my name out there and let people know, hey, if they want to sign, tell them to call me or email me. On my website, there's a, 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 a area that says get involved, put the information in there, and we'll get in touch with them. We need people to let me put signs in their yard and if they're willing to maybe work an hour or two at the polling site holding up the sign it may not let you pass out anything because of covid but you could hand up my material and get people to you know to vote for me i really would like to do that um we have a question can they not appoint a volunteer to dmv to turn in voter registration they, I'm sure they probably could, but I don't think I know is that anything is anything is possible that may happen. I don't, I don't, 
voter suppression is real. Um, especially these young people, you know, 18 years old and getting their license and they're registering to vote at the same time. They really need to go early and make sure that no problems with their registration because it may be they not understood it. I'm going to tell you this, and that's going to be the last thing I say. In, <laughs> in mail-in ballot voter rejections in, in, in the state of North Carolina, they rejected ballots. The state of North Carolina was 3% and Cumberland County was 8%. Thank heavens for a lawsuit we just had. They have to give you an opportunity to, cor to correct your ballot. But before they were throwing ballots, maybe because your witness wasn't registered or your witness was somebody that they couldn't find registration on, make sure if you do mail-in ballot, you check it, recheck it, check the checker. Make sure that person that signs it as your witness registered to vote too. That if you give your ballot to a, someone to turn in, make sure it's a family member only. It can't be anyone outside your family. So there are a lot of little. That's why it's so much easier to go vote yourself. Go, <laughs> if you if you're afraid to get yeah. out your car, ride up curbside voting. Ride up and tell them if you want to you want you want to vote in your car, but I just want. This is a now never election for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That I agree. Yeah. Karen and Tiffany, y'all have any final words, thoughts? No, I just love her drive, passion, and determination. You know, she's for the people. She's passionate when it comes to the people, and she's here to serve the people. So I would say you also are a servant leader. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You so. took everything. I have nothing. <laughs> Everything. Okay. <laughs> but thank you so much. And I appreciate all that you all are doing to help me. I really do. You're welcome. And I, I just love your energy. And, and I'm so excited to just have a platform to where you could have a voice. Thank you. you. Know, I, I do too. I'm so glad you invited me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, we have a comment. Great session. Thank Ooh. you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you all for watching, and we will see you next Thursday. Who are we going to have, Tiffany? Janine Tinsley. Yeah, so yes. we'll be so. sharing some info about her and her call. So awesome. Yes, so right. we'll see you guys. Same time, same place next Thursday. Thank you so Thank much. You. Yeah, <laughs> have a nice day. Bye-bye.